What's up, up witches? witches? Hello, Velma Nightshade. Hello, Firelight. How are you, my darling? I'm really tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really... This is going to be an interesting show because you're very perky and I'm very tired. Well, you just keep drinking in that fabulous mug of yours that... I shall. ...sent me into giggles when I first saw it. I love that yes. mug. Yes, it's a mug from the Disney store from years ago, and it has the magic mirror on one side with the little face in it, and then on the other side it says, don't ask. I just, I, I adore the little things that are in your house. Every time I have you on video, there's something new. It's Yes, and I get that comment a lot. I get people who come into my house who have been into my, in my house many, many times before, and they'll say, I've never noticed that before. To which my response is always, it's been there the whole time. <laughs> there's just, there's so much magnificence in my house that you cannot take it all in the first she, time. She does live in an enormous haunted manor. It is, <laughs> it is huge. It's not. Really. No, there are really. so many rooms. In fact, Edgar Allan Poe walled a, a victim up in one at one point. No, it's not that big. Although I, the I really, I really, okay, so. Of random random bit kitchen. random bit of information out of my mass produced ranch style house um there's this big blank wall up above where the stairs go down to the basement and it's a wall that of course you can't get to because the stairs are below it so there's you know that you can't walk up and you know touch the wall uh -huh. i really want to hang a door on it I really, really, I've, uh, since I moved into the house, I've really, really wanted to hang a door on it with the doorknob on the far side so that there's no possible way you could ever reach the doorknob. I have wanted a door there forever. If I ever figure out how to do it, I'm going to, I'm going to install a door there with just, some big fancy doorknob, like a big fancy copper, you know, car so doorknob or something. Just so people what the door goes to? Yeah. Just because I think it would be cool. I pray it's kind of like it's kind of like those houses where you have stairs that lead to like into a wall, and there's no there's no purpose for them to be there. They're just there. Yeah, I just think it would be cool. I just I truly pray for the people that own the house after you decide not to own that house anymore. I pray for those people. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I would actually house. install. I don't know that I would install the door into the wall, but if I could figure out a way to hang like. Basically, hang it as wall art, you know, get a door and hang it there like a big painting. And it's just, it's a door. Just, why don't you paint a door? Like, I could, but see, the problem like is I can't. Coyote. But see, I can't reach the wall because mm. there's no floor under it because that's where the stairs are. I would have to like build scaffolding over my stairs Love it. to be able to reach the wall. Yeah. But yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I think it's, I think it's fun. Oh, wow. Welcome, I witches. I like having an eclectic house. How did we get to talking about my... Oh, we were talking about my kitchen. The mug, which of course the, well, leads the mug, to the yes. entire rest of your house. Yes. And then before we actually started recording, we were talking about my kitchen, which is now famous. My yes. kitchen is famous. To tell everyone how they can see your kitchen. You can see my kitchen by going to the website urbanthreads.com, which is fabulous. And it, it was a very super cool website. She just showed me and it was super cool. It's very cool. And it's one of those websites that probably very, very few, if any of you have ever gone to before, because it's a website for embroidery patterns. If you have an embroidery machine, um, but in this group, I'm sure just about three fourths of our audience at least <laughs> knows what that website is. But no, it's, it's actually very cool. It's fun to go look, th looking through it because they have a lot of designs that are like, steampunk or like victorian or very very witch they actually shoes. have a 
They actually have a set of embroidery patterns that is the major arcana. They have a set of embroidery mm-hmm. patterns for all of the um, sabbats. They've got some really, really cool stuff, and it's fun just to go look at it, even if you don't have an embroidery machine, which most of you probably don't. Um, but anyway, you go to their blog, and it is the blog entry for April 27th is the Apothecary Kitchen, and that is my kitchen. And there yes. are pictures. You can see what my kitchen looks like. It is super cute. Although it doesn't look like that anymore because right now it's filthy. With a cat. <laughs> but you can see pictures of my clean kitchen. <laughs> there was a time. In there the was. way, way long ago. In the way, way long ago. Just long enough for me to take pictures. And then the cats came. That was the moment. Yes. That was and the then moment. the cats. Yes, in pretty fact, much. I clicked the picture and then. Welcome, witches, to Inciting a Brouhaha, episode whatever number this is. Whatever it is. It's we are thir- so unprepared. We have never been this unprepared before, okay, ever. We are unprepared for a few reasons. A, um, Velma has no topics. I'm going to put, I'm going to point oh, at you. Oh, thanks. Throw me under the bus. <laughs> yeah, who was it who, who tweeted me like yesterday and said, hey, do you want to do a show tomorrow? Okay. Thanks for giving me time to prepare. <laughs> Because, you know, I don't admit work it, all day on Saturday thing. Admit it. If, if I had given you time to prepare, would you still have, have had topics? That is not the point. <laughs> that is so not the point. Well, and also we're unprepared. Simply, we haven't spoken to each other. Because our work schedules, I have been working crazy, crazy hours. The, the few times you've spoken to me, you've been very sad about the number of hours I've been working. Um, it's been crazy and you have an entirely new work schedule now and we just seriously haven't spoken. So I have no idea how this is going to (laughs) be. Yeah, there, I make absolutely no promises for this show. I'm glad to see that you're still alive because, you know, it has been that long. There were, there were questions. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I know. I've been, well, and, and I now have a job where I actually, you know, I have to be there at least 40 hours a week. And I, I think about things even after I get home and you know, I, I have to stay until everything is done instead of being able to just go, okay, it's five o'clock. I can, I can punch out now. Yeah, yeah no, I no, know. not so much. Yeah, I feel you. Plus um, my days have changed. And with the thunderstorms that we've been having, I've been oh waking gosh, up every there night. A, there was a monster of a thunderstorm that blew through earlier, but it blew, I mean, it blew right on through. Well, that's probably the one that that's probably the one that hit me about four o'clock this morning. Well, thanks for that. Thanks. And woke me up. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. I'm not responsible. You can take that up with Mother Nature. But yeah, like every night this (laughs) week, sometime in the middle of the night, I've been awakened by thunderstorms. And then on Friday night, I had to work until 2 a.m., which meant I got home at 3 a.m. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. You worked until 2 a.m.? Yep. My God. Ugh, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Um, yeah. You know what last night was? Last night was a super moon that I missed because I am a loser witch. Did you look at the moon? Did you? I was unconscious it? before the moon it? rose. No, I was, I was unconscious. And what's funny is I didn't even see. This is how busy I've been. I didn't even know that it was happening. And I talked to my parents on the phone last night and they said, oh, yeah, there's a there's the super moon tonight. And if, if you're awake at like 1030, you know, you should go go outside and look. Yeah, I was asleep by like eight. You know, I was noticing I've been so how tired. many people, I mean, we've had supermoons. You have supermoons. It's, it's not exactly the most common occurrence, but, you know, they happen a few times a year. No, um, well, this was like a big one. This was like, this is actually the closest it's been 
and full at the same time. Yeah, and big. that only happens like what every 10, 15 years, well, something like a, that. A super moon. Like, there was a big chart of them. Um, there was one like lo- this around this time last year. Um, well, I don't think so. I think this is actually like the closest and, and the on closest, the night of the full moon. But, um, but anyway, but uh, I, I was just, it, you know, noticing on Twitter and Facebook and stuff, celebrity were, celebrities were talking about going and sitting out on the beach and and celebrating the moon. And it's it was kind of this interesting, you know, intrinsic throwback to times when, hey, something crazy is happening with nature. Let's go watch it. Let's go be reverent of it. And I just kind of liked that everybody did take a moment and just at least go outside and take a look, you know. And I thought that was really interesting well everybody except you i know i'm a loser (laughs) i i i will happily take the name loser witch on this occasion i was so tired yeah there was no way usually i i am usually the loser witch but when you are not being a loser witch um one of our witches hi witches um georgia who is a fan of all of the various is she the one who came to supermoot the first year yes Okay. Yes. She had yes, red hair. Yes, then I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Hi, Georgia. Hi. George Peach. Um, she's in my book club, too. I'm going to see her in a few hours. She's wonderful. Uh, but she was wondering what we do when we're not being loser witches on the full moon. What do it you totally, do? It totally depends. Mm-hmm. So some various things that one might do if they were named Velma Nightshade on the full moon. <laughs> well, I mean, it really... It, okay, so, like... I might do a full-blown ritual. I might go sit outside and look at it. I might do spell work. I might do meditation. It really just sort of depends on what's going on in my life and what I feel like doing. Mm-hmm. I don't always do a ritual every single espet. Well, if I haven't forgotten that it's a full moon... <laughs> Because. Are you are you claiming the mantle loser witch a little bit too there? Oh man, you have no idea. It's bad. And and I I want to say, oh well, you know, once I got into the city, you know, once I came from my little small town out in the middle of nowhere in East Texas, then it man, I just can't keep up with nature as well as it. No, that's not true. Um <laughs> you know, it's it's just I, I sometimes you just don't keep up with it. And and we're not an agriculture well, okay. I am not a current participant of an agricultural society. I am not growing things. I don't keep up with with moon phases as, as well as I probably should. Um, so honestly, unless I've been seeing the buzz on, on Twitter or I've noticed on my calendar, because I do have them programmed on my calendar, programmed onto my digital calendar, unless unless I'm sort of seeing, you know, hey, it's the full moon, and I, I might forget or I might remember too late or something like that. Um, or I may just come home and just fall right to sleep because I'm exhausted from work. Um, but when I remember, <laughs> when when the stars align, uh, I've 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 taken to drinking a nice big glass of milk. With mm-hmm. the, some, I don't know why. I just I guess it's white and full moon's white. There you go. Sun. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, I, I did get a new chalice. Oh, you haven't seen my new chalice. I got one. I finally got one. Okay. It's pretty. I got it at Pier 1 for a whole dollar. Pier 1? Yes. Really? My Pier 1 chalice that's on my Pier 1 altar. (sighs) (laughs) 
but uh, but no, it was. Sorry, that was my forehead thunking against the microphone. In case you're wondering what that noise was, yeah, it was a dollar. It was like going to a garage sale. Okay. It was. It's pretty. It, okay. If it weren't in the dishwasher, um, I would show it to you. Um, anyways, put I, uh, your sacred ritual tools in the dishwasher. Uh huh. It's dishwasher friendly. At least hand wash the damn thing, would you? At least show, at least show your poor little Pier One chalice the respect to hand wash it. Please. I, I'm gonna, it's in the I don't dishwasher. ask much. It's in the dishwasher. I'm going to show it the respect of, of putting it in my, my fancy dishwasher. <laughs> Washing it. <laughs> and then it's going to sit all sparkly clean with, its, with, with, the, with the rinse aid that makes the glass perfectly transparent and all pretty and stuff and sit right back on the altar look all pretty and designer witch um anyways so i filled that with uh with milk went outside now see here's the thing um i used to in my own way way long ago have um rituals like you know actual words long phrases that i said during uh, the full and new moons or the full and dark moons. And I have taken to not really doing that or I'll say just the first part, but the mm-hmm. rest of it, I mean, it, cause well, a, it all rhymes. Um, of course, cause it's just not magic unless it rhymes. Amen. <laughs> and, um, and, but you know, I just, I'll say the first part and then it's not that I forgot it. It's just that I, I just, I don't know. I just sort of just chat we just, I just have a chat, me and the moon, and we just chat, and I, I don't know, I just get things off my chest, I guess, and, uh, you know, raise the toast to to mom, howdy mom, drink a nice big glug of milk, I might bring some, I don't know, something to eat, I guess that's my own cakes and ale, except it's milk and probably cookies, last night it was milk and cornbread. There's nothing wrong with milk and cookies. No, there's nothing wrong with milk and cookies. I think that's perfectly appropriate. Milk and cookies. But no, um, so honestly, I don't I don't do much. But I don't do much typically. I mean, I you know, when I do ritual, it is very subdued. And honestly, my versions of rituals usually uh end up being friends coming over and having a nice dinner and maybe you know we'll say some nice things during a particular sabbath around the table you know kind of blessing the food and blessing one another and that kind of thing i mean i i just i'm just so simple about things and yeah i kind of wish that i was a little bit more you know like you um with with the candles and the and and you know the makeup and the hair and the, all the stuff that you do to, to get ready because you know, it's, it's, I admire it. I do. And I wish it fit me. I wish well, it was something and it doesn't, that I wanted and to it, do. Yeah. And it doesn't fit everybody. It's just, I don't know. I, I personally, I get more out of it that way. I, I get more out of having it be a big deal and very elaborate and, lots of preparation and pages of script and i just i that's what i you know, like speaking of pages of script um i had uh, a listener email me and and several other podcasters um i know cory from new world witchery i think was was one of them um and was asking what i thought about um the guy has sort of a notebook of shadows right now where he's been handwriting all of his stuff 
mm-hmm. and wants to you know turn it into like a formalized he he got a leather bound journal and it's he uh, uh he he wants to go in there and now that he i think he's decided you know this is going to be my book of shadows i think i'm done or at least i'm done for right now mm-hmm. um so he wants to go in and handwrite everything but he wants to do it or he was asking you know what our thoughts were on him doing it in a script like uh theban or angelic or something like that or um am i saying the wrong word not theban isn't it the I witches think it is. yeah, yeah theban script yeah that's the the witch's alphabet right yeah yes okay um but you know and he was asking you know what i thought about that and i said you know i just think that that sounds like a lot of work <laughs> you know well, yeah but but see what you have to understand is for for the type of person who wants to do that the it's a lot of work is part of it well and i understand that and 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 that's what i was telling him i said i understand the flip side you know of, of well it being a lot of work is part of it and it helps you to to really focus on what it is that you're writing into that book and you know it really helps you to focus on you know what are the exact words that i'm using and saying and that kind of thing but then there's a part of me that also says but do you want this to be usable and do you want this to be able to be shared say you know with your kids one day or you know with a loved one or you know with other people is this something you know and and the other thing that i noticed about the theban alphabet is it's not a it's not the theban language it's not a second language it's just a substitution for english well, so it's he's like still writing, writing in english it's you're just writing, it's you're writing in code you're just writing in a specific code. Yeah. And, I, you know, I just... What do you think? I don't know. I mean, my biggest problem... Because I've considered doing that in the past. My biggest problem with it is that I don't use it enough to know it. Yeah. Well, that's... And, that is and I would hate to put all this time... I mean, I suppose if you put the time and effort into writing an entire book in that code, you would be able to read that code... Um, but my, my personal frustration with that idea has always been, okay, so, but what happens if I don't look at this for five years, I'm not going to know off the top of my head what it says. I'm really going to have to think about reading it because it's not something that I see and deal with every single day. Now, I suppose if I had the kind of lifestyle where I could do that, then yeah, it's kind of like, okay, so here's, here's the thing. I... And this is going to seem off topic, but I promise I'll bring it back. Woo-hoo. So I have been attempting to learn French for the last 10 years, right? Uh-huh. And I thought, okay, well, oui. what are some creative ideas to get myself, you know, more like submerge myself a little bit more in French so that I can learn it faster and better. And I was poking around on the French Amazon.com. <laughs> There's a surprise. Um, and I, <laughs> And I came across some Calvin and Hobbes books Aww. in French. Uh-huh. And so I ordered a couple because I love Calvin and Hobbes. I read them all the time as a kid. Yeah. Well, what I discovered was when I got the books and read them, I knew what it said because I knew what it had said in English. It wasn't that I was actually reading it. It's that I knew what the English was for that particular cartoon strip. And so I knew what it was. So it, it, it wasn't, it, if I had never seen Calvin and Hobbes before, I would really, really have to work at understanding what it says. 
my thing is you're the only the only way you're going to use Theban is to write it and then read what you've written. And having seen what you've written in English before so many times, you said he's he's got the whole thing written out and he's right. probably looked at it time after time after time after time. What's the point in having it in Theban because whether or not you have it in that or not, I don't know. It's just it you're are are you actually going to be reading it, or is it just going to sort of trigger your own memory of what it says in English? Yeah, it seems like it, it's. It, I I don't know. That was the long way. Like I said, I'm tired. That was a long way of getting to. I think unless you really, really, really want to do it, I think it would kind of be a waste of time. Well, you know, I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I'm not going to try to say, oh, it's a waste of time or something like that. You know, obviously, if somebody. I mean, it, if somebody's doing it, you know, and they're they're doing it with good intentions, it's I, I don't know that it's time wasted. But, um, well, like I said, if it's you know, something you really really want to do, I don't that, think that it's a I don't think it makes the book a practical tool. What I was telling you know what my uh, answer sort of boiled down to is, well, are you still going to like use that notebook? You know, like are you still going to have your because I have this dream. That one day, and I think all of us have this dream, that one day you're going to have your book of shadows. Yes. You know, you have that dream and, and it's going to be done and it's, it's done. And you've got all the spells that you could possibly ever need and all of the information on every kind of something that you would want in your book of shadows. And it's, it's done and it's all, got all your sections and it's in the order you want it and it's done. And yeah. so I had this fantasy. Well, well, this fantasy. That didn't oh, even stop. <laughs> Just make your point, please. No, I had this fantasy where it's done, and then I go and I take it and I have it bound, like at you know, like I I, I go to like a Kinkos or something, you know, or and I just get it all done in a hardback form. You know, and I get it bound and it's done and then I can, you know, hand it down and, you know, maybe with some extra empty pages or something. But, you know, here, here next generation or here person that I would like to have my book of shadows. Here is my book of shadows. This is done. And and I like that. But honestly, I don't think that that's a practical thing. I mean, I think that I don't I don't think that if if your book of shadows really is a tool, just like everything else is, I don't think it's ever done. Um and, you know, honestly, there there is, you know, as I go back through it, honestly, I've been reading and I don't know what, I mean, I, I, I was, it's been a long, April was a freaking long month. It just yes, wouldn't and end. And yet somehow it's over. It was not, it lasted forever. And, um, you know, we, we have book club and God I finished book club book like weeks ago and I was like, I just need something to read. So I read all of the Juliet Blackwell books, the, um, which I, yes, which I have, but have not had time to read yet. The, not the haunting one, the, the witchcraft mysteries. Yeah. There's three of them. The fourth one comes out, I think next month, next month, June. Yeah. Next month. Um, super cute. Uh, you know, read them. They're fun. They'll make a fun summer read. Uh, honestly, you could read all three of them in a long weekend. You know, if you've got yeah, I don't read as fast as you do. It would. I think it took me an average of about two days to to read each one, just because I was working. But um, anywho, oh my god, like you know, hearing her talk about, 
you know, oh, I want to, you know, I, I, I used to cut out clippings from books or magazines or newspaper articles, or I would write down quotes, and that's all in the Book of Shadows. And I thought, you know, I just really want to do a big overhaul in my Book of Shadows. And the thing about doing that is if you have it all bound up in a nice big leather journal, you can't really do a massive overhaul. You just got to go get another new leather journal. True. However, one of the things that I did, and unfortunately, the book finally fell apart. So I'm still in the process of transferring everything I want to keep from it over into a new book. But <clears throat> at one point, Borders, sorry, moment of silence for Borders. You know, I do have... That's not silence. No. Um, but the Borders, <laughs> my Borders is being reincarnated in, in a, into a wonderful new Whole Foods. So well, there's my a lovely little circle... My borders are all sitting empty and tear. I know. Very sad. But anyway, borders had these blank books. Uh-huh. These like for like six or seven dollars. Yeah. Like an inch. Barnes thick. and Noble still has them. Yeah, but they're not the same. Bar- Barnes and Noble's journals I like a lot, but I, they're not the they're not the same thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're just not. Just go with me on this. But it was like eight and a half by eleven, lined, inch thick. You know, like two hundred plus pages Mm -hmm. and I had gotten lots of them over the course of time for different things and one of them I had been using as a spell book and I had tried organizing everything and okay this this set of 20 pages will be for this kind of stuff and then this set of 20 pages will be for this kind of stuff and it just started to drive me crazy because it was a bound book And so anytime I wanted to change anything, I couldn't because it was bound together. But I hate the idea of having a three ring binder as a book of shadows. I'm sorry. Aesthetics are important to me. I just can't do it. So that's why I wrapped mine in cotton and then got fabric and cut it. And I did a whole I made it look like a book. You've seen mine. Yeah, I know. I know. I could. I'm sorry. I can't do it. You think my book of shadows is ugly? It has to be a bound book. Are you saying my book of shadows is ugly? I am saying... For my aesthetic, <gasps> I do not care for that. I'm gonna go hug if that's it. what you like with your Pier 1 altar and your Pier 1 chalice in the dishwasher, that is perfectly okay. I'm going to hug it. Okay, you hug it. At, I, it's, not, it's not my thing, you know? And that's, it doesn't say anything against you. It's not my thing. Stop licking your book of shadows. <laughs> I do not see this. But no, I got, so I got out a new Borders blank book right? It's just plain black, whatever. Uh And I said, okay, so every piece of information that I'm going to put into this book, I'm going to open it to a random page and put it in. Uh There is going to be absolutely no order to it. And so I filled up probably about two thirds of it before it finally started to fall apart on me. Um, and everything in it was completely random. And you know what? I remember when you started this project, it's already fallen apart on you. No, no, no. You remember... No, this was years ago. This You remember when I started pulling everything out of it. Oh, okay. Because I told you about it at that point. But what I discovered was even though all of the information was in there randomly, I knew where everything was. Mm-hmm. Because... Well, see, and that's I, sort of like putting it in your own I code. Because I used it so often. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not... I mean, it was like, you know, this spell is on page, you know, 84. And this other spell is on page 263. And what I mean, I didn't necessarily know the numbers, but I knew where the information was in the book that I wanted to find because I used it so frequently. The fact that it was all sort of chaos 
didn't bother me. And I have, and, and, which is weird because normally I do like things very much in order. I like things, you know, to be, you know, in some kind of sensical order as opposed to just chaos. But it actually worked really, really well for me. And I think if I ever do find a big leather book that I want to make my final book of shadows, first of all, I will buy one that it has enough pages that I will probably never fill them. But also, I probably will go through and just put things in randomly because then you'll end up having, you know, blank pages here and there in the next place. And anytime you want to add something, you just find a blank page and you add it. And if it's a book that you utilize enough, you're going to know where stuff is. And, well, yes, and the thing is, yes, there, there are going to be some anal- things that you don't reference all the time. And those are going to be the kinds of things that when you're just wanting to just kind of flip through your own book hey there's a surprise you know know, i forgot i I put that in there i was anal retentive enough that i did go through i numbered all the pages and i did have like you know a table of contents it was not in the book but i had one like on the computer where i had gone through and put you know page one has this page two has this page three has this so if there was ever something that i really desperately needed i could go look up where it was but honestly i never needed to use it because i used the book enough that i knew at least roughly where in the book it was, and I could flip through and find it. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the Charmed Book of Shadows, where nothing makes sense. So you just kind of have to sit there and flip through it until you find what it is you're looking for. And personally, I like that idea. See, in mine, I have tabs. Do you have index tabs? Do you have have dividers? I have tabbed dividers, and everything is alphabetical. (laughs) I have everything. Everything is alphabetized. Um... And see if that works well, for you. Well, except for except for the information on the Sabbaths, because they're they're in order by date, of course. Of course. That yeah, but no, um, yeah, all of the gods are in there that I have in there are 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 in there by by alphabet. Um, well, first they're actually in there by culture, and then by pantheon, um, and then by uh, by alphabetical order. <laughs> So like you'll have your Egyptian gods, but then you know in in the Egyptian gods there's the pantheons, and then there's the there's the they're all And if that works for you, <laughs> that's great. I that would drive that would drive me nuts simply because aesthetically I cannot get my head around the idea of having a three ring binder as a book of shadows. For me, it that idea just Ooh. does not Ooh, look work. Look at that. Look at that. Unsacred, yeah. It just does not that. work. But I will yeah, say there is, something you also about... have everything. You also have everything in plastic, um, um, sheet protectors. I do. You failed to mention that. I, everything, all, all pages yeah. are in, are in plastic sheet protectors. For and see, that reason. doesn't work for me. That just doesn't work for, and I understand like, for a cookbook, that is perfect because if you if you spill something, you can exactly. wipe it off, and that's right. great. Exactly. But see, for me, you want when it stains. comes when it comes to a spell book, uh-huh. you want the little stains and you want the direct. I, wa- I stripping. like the okay, way. But can it I looks. tell? Can I tell you? No, because I'm not done with it. There's still more to add. And do you hear this? Do you hear? Yes, I'm I know not, it's a big book. I have a big book. And the thing is, it's still not done. I still have I so much I want to add to it. and I, I know I, that. But that's the point. It will never be done. Exactly. And so for me, the way that I have gotten around the whole I need to be anally retentive organized is to have none of it be organized. I'm just, well, I'm just proposing that as a counter 
option. But anyway, to... so what I was I was saying that... was that I had been reading um, the Juliet Blackwell books, and the way that she talks about it, I just really got the urge, and so I'm I have begun to go through because you know me, I don't mind the fact that I, I I actually sit there and spend hours and hours, and I will sit there and and you know, take the pictures and, and find the right font. And I will come up with a lovely, well-designed digital version of something. But I just decided I think I want to do it all by hand or or at least go through and just start doing it by hand. And so, yes, the sheets will still go in the sheet protectors, but they will be handwritten and, because, and I'll tell you, I have, here, be entertaining for a second. <laughs> oh, Thanks. You're welcome. Have I mentioned I'm really tired? I can't just be entertaining on command. You absolutely can. Yeah, not so much while you're rifling through whatever you're rifling through to find it. But no, I've done that as well. I've taken little pictures out of magazines and I've drawn pictures and, you know, I've written some spells in little teeny tiny handwriting that's very precise and some spells are in big loopy handwriting and some are, you know, because as I change and as I evolve and as I'm writing information that may inspire one thing or another, the way that I write down that information changes. And I have a little box. I actually need to buy some like well, magazines I, I to go a, through for pictures. I have okay, you told a, me to be entertaining. Yes. I'm being entertaining. Well, just I wait have, your turn. I'm just trying to I can't find it. I have sort of a notepad of shadows where I would do all of my rough drafts of spells. And, you know, I would sort of draw a fun little, you know, the the words, you know, what I called the spell on top, and there'd be pretty little pictures in the sides, and I'd make borders and this and stuff. And the only reason I never wanted to do that in the book, I mean, because they turned out well. I mean, I'm I'm not exactly a, a terrible artist, and um, you know, the only reason I didn't want that is because you know I'd have the little cross outs of no, I don't want to say that, I want to say this, and you know, it was more of a workbook, and you know, I just, and I thought, you know, I could do that. Once I get the words right, then I could go in there and do all the little sketches and, and all, so I mean, that's what I want to do. And I wish I could show you because it actually looks really cool, but oh well, it's lost in the ether somewhere. I'm sure my cat ate it. Or your cat ate it. Probably. That's what more than likely happened. It came and it set itself on fire. Okay, but what I was saying is I have a little box of, um, you know, pictures and things that I've cut out of various magazines that are waiting for the right spell to present itself. Because there are some times that you'll see a picture um, in a magazine either for an ad or like as a little, you know, extra to an article or something. And the, the picture strikes you as being perfect for something. But... You just don't know what yet. So I've, I've cut out a bunch of pictures and they're waiting. And some of them, I actually know what type of spell they need to go with. Mm-hmm. I just haven't found the right spell yet or I haven't written the right spell yet. So they're still in this box just sort of waiting. But yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of that with my spell book. Now, I will say back to the question about Theban or not. If you are the kind of person who can read Theban, can write Theban, it is not a problem for you to write in code, and that's that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. If you want to someday give the book to someone else, or if you want your book to be a reference for somebody else, I would take that under consideration, because... Yes, that makes it more work for the person who's going to get the book, which also can be part of the point. 
But I, I don't know. I would spend some time thinking about where where is the book going to end up? Well, you know, I just I always think of the what they call illuminated Bibles, you know, the ones with the big pretty pictures and the pretty writing and, you know, mm-hmm. all of that kind of thing. The big illuminated, you know, the family Bibles that you can get, those giant family Bibles yeah. that sort of sit somewhere in the home that are just out and they're not really ever used. It's just there to be decoration. But then, you know, in in the family, or at least, you know, in Southern families, you know, the the kids would have their Bibles and mom and dad had their Bibles and, you know, everybody kept notes in there and, oh my God, there's an ice cream truck. Um, Everybody would keep notes in there and, you know, you would keep little notes in the margin and and somewhere, you know, you might stick a, a, you know, little piece of paper, you'd scribble notes from a nice uh, uh, sermon that you heard or something like that. And, and that became a work, your working Bible, you know, but the right. family had its Bible. And I sort of liken it to the same kind of thing. Keep your notebook of shadows. Keep that working, you know, handwritten, you know, all the little spiral bound notepads and things that I have lying around from where I have, you know, drawn up my spells and, and rituals and formulas and things like that. Um, but then, you know, if you want to have the big leather bound family book of shadows that's written in Theban and it's it's got the you know the nice illuminated you know picture pictograph or something in the corner and it's you know that kind of thing then then do that but I still think you should have something workable you know have your formal no here's my yeah, pretty yeah. thing mm-hmm. here's my pretty thing but then here's I'm just saying see and and that's and that's where you and I differ because mm-hmm. I think the notes in the margin and sketches and the, uh, you know, things added in random places. To me, that's what makes it a magical book. And, and I know that you know that that's what I was going to say. And probably most people knew that that's what I was going to say. But well, to me, I, that that puts more of your energy into well, and the I book. I agree. And that's sort of what I've been what I've been personally experiencing is, you know, I should be in this book more. Mm hmm. You know, I should be in this book more. I should read it. I should go through. I should edit it. And I should slash it out and edit it so that I can go back and see what it was and what it's become and and that kind of thing. And that's what I was sort of alluding to earlier is that I think that the myth that I have that, oh, well, okay, if I just keep doing all of these beautifully typed pages with these, you know, the perfect uh, font and the perfect pictures and the perfect insert of, of, you know, the, the perfect little icon or something that I found, um, you know, that eventually it's just going to be a final book and I can just take it and set it down and have it bound. But yeah. that's not, I, I think I'm, I'm entering a phase in my life where I want to be in the book more. And I do want to have the things in my well, own hand and have my own notes made and maybe little samples of dried herbs stuck in the, in the page protector. And, you know, in the, okay, you know what? I one day I'm gonna sneak into your house. I'm gonna take your book of shadows, and I'm gonna take a, a an, an exacto knife and take all the pages out, and I'm gonna put them in page protectors, and you're gonna thank me. Thank me. Um, I will not thank you because <laughs> no one will ever find your body. <laughs> the ghost fairies. I will join the ghost fairies. They will find my body. They'll make me cookies. Besides, <laughs> if you ever come to my house. You will never find my book of shadows. <laughs> I will make sure of that. But no, I think you. I think eventually you get jar. to a point where 
perfect makes things feel less real. If, if you're trying so hard to have everything typed perfectly and the perfect font and everything is spaced perfectly and everything's perfectly organized, to me, it gets to a point where you start to be sort of disassociated from it because it, it starts to feel more like an external object as opposed to a part of you because you are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. Everybody has faults. Everybody has. Yes, I know. Excuse I me? You're not perfect. Yep, exactly. Ooh, and you know what? Honey, either. I'm going to snap and, my and fingers. Nothing that, and nothing that we create is going to be totally perfect if it's going to be a true reflection of who we are, which is the whole point of a book of shadows is to be a tool that we can use to help us learn, to help us remember what we have learned and to be a reflection of our journey. And nobody's journey is perfect. And I think the more you, the more time and effort you put into trying to make the book absolutely perfect and spotless, the more you're sort of missing the point. I, I, I am coming to that. Uh, but, I, you know, I do still think that there's a place for, oh, I'm going to make this cutesy, you know, and and people like to do things in different ways. I mean, this is a digital era. People do digital art. You know, there's a lot of different ways that people can make their own books cutesy. So I do still think that there can be a place for that. And I wouldn't rule it out completely in my book. I mean, it's not like I'm going to dump all the pages out and just, ah, screw it. All that work I did. Screw it. Um you know, I, I think that there's a place for it. And I think that I can add to or take away <clears throat> and, and leave some of that in. But um, but no, I, I, I am coming to a place where I do want to be in the book more. And I do want to see my hand in it more. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Me and my book. Me and my pretty, pretty, pretty book. I have to call it pretty several times because you called it ugly. I never said that. Those words never passed my lips. You have to admit the the fabric is pretty. It's very fiery. You have to admit. Kind of, I can see that. See, there you go. Ha. Um, <clears throat> you know, actually, we've gotten a couple questions. Um, once on Twitter and once on Facebook. Uh, my Twitter. Okay, sorry, diversion. Mm-hmm. My Twitter on my iPhone has decided that it's no longer going to show me what's directed at me. <laughs> And it's making me crazy because I have not gotten an update to my, you know, at which is brouhaha thing on my Twitter app for like six weeks. So if you've talked to me on Twitter in like the last six weeks and I haven't responded, I apologize. But my phone has decided that whatever you have to say to me is of no importance and not worth my time to look at. And it really actually makes me mad. Well, I've. I have gotten emails to to my show, and but then we've gotten a couple, and then I've gotten some on Facebook. So I, I, it's just funny how sometimes you know you get this topic that everybody's kind of thinking about, mm-hmm. and then you get a lot of messages about it. But the idea of doing magic for other people, okay. Um, and and here's the here's the kicker. Uh, I'll I'll give you the because it was out on Twitter, so it's sort of public. Um, uh, one of the guys asked, uh, would it be unethical to make a witch bottle for people who don't believe in it? And my, oh, hi, Tinka. Um, 
and my, you know, my immediate kind of reaction, well, it's a witch bottle. That means that there's got to be some pretty specific ingredients put in. And I was like, how in the world are you going to be getting those nail clippings or hair or urine or, you know, any of those things that typically go in witch bottles? How are you going to be getting those? And the funny thing was that was Mrs. Oddly's very first reaction as well. Um <laughs> And and he said, well, that's where the unethical bit comes in. I'm most likely going to be using their hair, possibly nail clipping. So I think he's going to, like, be sneaking around somebody's bathroom, pulling out some hair from a brush, like all Corey from New World Witchery style. And um, Okay, do we actually know if Corey has ever done that? He's never done that. He has actually I don't think never he's done ever that. done that. Not once in his life has he we done that. We keep giving him crap about stealing people's hair, but I think we need to stop because he's never actually done that. He's never done it. I, I fully admit it. But his character of Corey has done it. He as a person hasn't, but but character, but Corey the character has has most definitely stolen hair. But anyways, I, um, I did provide I did provide him some fur from my black cat. Oh, did you? I did. But I brought she's him not all the way black, is she? Yes, she's, she is. I thought she had a little bit of white somewhere. Oh, she had she had one white hair on her back, which disappeared about a year ago. Well, see, and has there never you come go. back. Um, anyways, pretty. <laughs> oh, so now we're not doing squirrel anymore. Now we're doing cat. Well, yeah. she came up to cuddle with me, so she's cuddling with me. Um, but no. So what do you, I mean? Well, not magic for other people in general. Okay. What would you think about somebody doing a witch bottle for? Some, I mean, that's that's taking somebody's body parts. That's some serious yeah. Stuff anything there. that involves you having to sneak around somebody's bathroom and or hide in their toilet while they pee on you so that you can collect some. I think that's probably going a bit too far. It's taking kink into a whole new level. That's something that I don't want to know about. I don't want to talk about and I don't want to think about. Thank you very much. Let's just put a big no on that and just leave it right there. So, okay. So if some, I mean, witch bottles, uh, at least as far as I'm aware, pretty powerful protective magic um you know you put all your stuff in there and you put it somewhere on your property or, or close to your property or something like that and then if anything is aimed at you um if any negative energy or negative spells or anything like that is aimed at you it goes and gets caught in the witch bottle because you know you've put your own essence in there and then you put your you know needles or pins or, or whatever and then it gets it's kind of like a there. ramped up version of a dream catcher something like that yeah same idea but it, it draws it away from you and you, you know pretty powerful stuff you're putting your own your own essence in there your your blood your urine your your nail and hair clippings you know body parts and stuff in there and um you know i Obviously, that's that's some um, that's some pretty powerful stuff. So I have to, you know, I would sort of wonder what in the world you would need to do such powerful magic for someone for, and why. I mean, okay, so they don't believe in it, but why do you think that they need that? You know, I I just want to know that more of the whys. Why is this a thing that has to happen? I don't know. I Call me heartless, but I think if somebody doesn't ask for help or if you ask them if you can help them and they say no, that's really all there is to it. Well, I mean, I, th I mean, I think you that's can't you can't help you can't help somebody who doesn't want your help. Well, and I think that's an important point. And this is sort of and honestly, I think it gets back to a discussion of the broom closet of, well, maybe this guy's not out as a as a pagan witchy person to to this friend of his. Um, you know, and maybe he doesn't feel like offering up the, the idea of, hey, um, by the way, I like to cast spells and can I do one for you? You uh, know, in my opinion, if you are not comfortable telling somebody 
that this is your path and that you do this, you shouldn't be doing magic for those people. I agree. Uh, I mean, if you don't think that they're they're going to be welcoming of that, then that's something you really need to analyze about yourself. Well, and, and it's also kind of one of those things of, okay, how close are you to this person? Right. And it's not it's not a question of, oh, well, I'm related to them. You can be related to somebody and not really have a close relationship with them. And you can be not related to somebody and be very, very close to them. But if you're not comfortable talking to that person about what it is you want to do to help them, mm -hmm. maybe the way you're trying to help them isn't the way you should be trying to help them. Maybe there are other ways that don't involve magic that you could try to help them that you would be comfortable talking to them about. But in my opinion, if you're not comfortable telling somebody, I practice magic, then you don't have any business doing magic for that person. So if if he really felt like, okay, you know, my friend comes to me and they're telling me, you know, I'm going through X, Y, and Z, and this guy, his initial witchy reaction is, oh, you need to make a witch bottle. If he really feels like that's a course of action that person should take, he needs, I mean, that that's not something that you should do subtly i mean you know that's not something that you should do all cloak and dagger you know without somebody's consent and honestly well and what what do you think about the effectiveness of a witch bottle when the person that it's intended to protect isn't involved in the process well I, I, that's the thing is that i mean I that's mean, another thing to consider how it, effective is something like that going to be well what you have to really think is is it regular pee or is it magic pee no, and what you really what you really have to think is how much of the witch bottle's effectiveness is psychological. That's very true. How much Because is we don't know how magic works. And in my opinion, a good chunk of it is psychological. I don't I, think it's all psychological. I, I think there's more to it. But if you're going out of your way and putting all this energy into something that nobody knows about in order to protect them, that's how much like how much of its effectiveness may be muted by the fact that they're not involved in the process and they don't have that psychological thing. I'm not saying that it won't work at all. I'm just saying I think it will be more effective if they know about it and they, they are involved in the process and they understand what it's going to do. Well, but that, and that's sort of what I was going back to. I mean, you can take their hair all day long, but if, if they have no idea... A, that it's being taken, or B, why the hair and the nails and all of that would be involved in the first place. I mean, why that is getting done, then, then to be perfectly honest, I'm not really sure that their contribution, as it were, is, is really going to do very much. I mean, if they're not knowingly saying, okay, I am taking this hair and putting it here for this purpose, and I'm going to put some of my essence in there. I mean, if you're just getting some of their cast-offs... I just don't really know that that's going to be as effective, if at all. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I'm sure that there are people who would disagree with me. And when you get into the subject of cursing, the idea of taking people's possessions, be they hair, nails, clothes, physical items, whatever, is it can be incorporated into part of that process. Right. And then you, then you have the question of, okay, well, if that's psychological to use it for protection – then where does that fall in, in lines of, you know, cursing? Because obviously you're not going to say, excuse me, lady, I hate. Could I have some of your hair so that I may place a curse on you? Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know. Well, you know, I th I, honestly, I think, though, it's, it's, th there are two different kinds of spells. I mean, 
um, you know, one, you're asking for help. One, the other, you could really care less if they if they don't feel like being cursed, you know. But but I, honestly, I think that there's there is something to be said for you know this person needs protection. Um, they should probably be the ones asking for it in, in some form or fashion. They should be involved in it. You yeah. know, I, I I should ask for help. You know, there's always that adage, no matter what what religion you are, you know, God helps those who help themselves or God, you know, you have to ask for it. And I don't know that you really have to ask to be cursed, you know. I, I... Well, no. And there are two different kinds of results that you're going for exactly but and and that's why i say magic is not all psychological clearly there there are other things at work here but if what you want is for someone someone to feel more protected there's definitely a psychological component to feeling protected feeling Mm -hmm. safe so i think having the person be involved in that process would be crucial to helping them achieve that sense of safety now, what if it's not spell work per se? I mean, some people might call this spell work. Um, I had a question that I uh, got in time to do on episode 70 of my show, um, the most recent episode, about doing a cleansing for someone's house. Um, you know, that, that this guy had a quick conversation with a, with a woman who uh, apparently... Uh, oh, let me just pull it up. Um, by the end of it, let's see... Um, I was asked by a woman who I spoke to for all of half an hour if I knew someone who could cleanse a house. Um, and basically his question to me was, how should I do that? Or how should somebody go about doing that? Because the woman is Catholic. Uh, and Wow, Catholics have never heard of house cleansings? Well, I, well, that's, well obviously she has, because she asked for it to be done. Well, but, if you're asking for it to be done, that's different. Right, but what I'm saying is that, you know, then he, he said, well, you know, maybe I should do some sort of Santeria thing because she's Catholic, or maybe I should do... I don't think you should experiment with somebody else's rituals if it's not what you do. Well, because... that's what I told him. I said, I said if, yeah, she, no. if, if in the course of your conversation, then my advice to him was, if in the course of your conversation with her, um, she felt strong enough to ask you about the cleansing, then obviously whatever you're describing is okay with her and mm-hmm. and you going and doing the cleansing in whatever manner you see fit. Now, I mean, are you coming up with some sort of like black mirror pentagram, wear some robes and chant something in Latin kind of cleansing or, you know, the more basic, what most other people would do, some sort of combination of salt and, you know, sage and, you know, that, that that kind of innocuous thing that, you know, they sell sage at Whole Foods. I mean, it's just become a pretty mainstream kind of way to, to cleanse a house. You know, are you doing something in that realm or are you doing, you know, some sort of something that somebody might consider a little loony? Um, but what would you think of, of cleansing someone's house maybe without their asking or cleansing somebody's somebody else's house for them kind of thing? Well, they're two different questions. I, I, I know. That's why I post both. If somebody asks you to cleanse their house, um, probably for me, I would want to sit down with them and say, okay, this is what I want to do and make sure that everything is okay. And not only to make sure everything is okay with them, because there, I mean, there may be some people who don't want you to burn sage in their house and it has nothing to do with faith. It has to do with they're hideously allergic to sage and you won't know that unless you t- talk to them ahead of time. But also so that they know what's going on. Mm -hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves is 
a, a group ritual or, you know, some kind of environment where someone is doing something magical or spiritual and they're not explaining a damn thing they're doing because mm -hmm. you know what? I can't get a whole lot out of it if I don't understand the symbolism or the meaning of whatever it is that you're doing. So I would, if someone asked me to cleanse their house, unless I knew that they were already familiar with the, with the procedure, I have cleansed houses for other people and they knew what was going on and they've done it themselves. They just needed a fresher approach. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's somebody who's not familiar with it, I would want to sit down and talk with them and go, okay, this is what I want to do. This is why I want to do it. This is how I want to do it. You know, and sort of go over it with them and then do it. Now, as far as cleansing somebody's house or somebody's space when you haven't been asked, I think that's inappropriate. I, you know, I mean, whether they appreciate it afterwards or not, it's kind of like, you know, me commenting, oh, you know, my house is really a mess. And having somebody that I hardly know come into my house and clean up my living room. I may like the fact that it's clean, but am I going to like the fact that somebody that I hardly know came into my house and messed with all my stuff? Yeah, maybe not so much. See, every two weeks on Thursday, I have some stranger come in my house and clean it. But that's your choice. <laughs> that that's your choice. Yeah, and true. and that and you've asked them to do it. Yeah, you true. have requested that they do this. And I it's paid not, them for it. It's not yeah, and you're paying them. It's not some random person that you met at Witchy Wearables one time and said, Oh yeah, I would love for somebody to come cleanse my house and all of a sudden you just come home and all of a sudden it's been cleansed <laughs> by somebody that you hardly know and you don't know what they did and you don't know how they did it. I don't think anybody would appreciate that. Is there ever a time when doing spell work for someone and, and let's rule out the, the whole notion of, you know, cursing, hexing, that kind of thing when, when it doesn't really matter if somebody wants it or not. Um, when, when doing magic for someone else is appropriate without their knowledge. Because I think the number one thing that people always say is, well, you know, I know that they're not comfortable with my beliefs, but they're sick and I, I really want to do some healing magic for them. Yeah, a lot of people say that. I think the only instance for me when that would be appropriate is when they are ill or injured to the point of not being able to give you their consent. Uh -huh. Like if they are, if they're in a coma I would give you the green light on that one. If they are, you know, on life support, I would be okay with that. If, you know, if the circumstance is bad enough that you are not able to sit down with them and discuss it with them, not because you don't want to, not because you don't want to tell them what you want to do, not because you don't want to tell them that you're a witch, but because they are incapacitated to the point of not being able to have a conversation with you. To me, that's okay. But what if that person, if they were conscious, you, you have a pretty good idea that would have said no. Well, if, you have, if you've already discussed it with them or if you know where they stand on the matter, then I, I don't think it would be appropriate. But if it's somebody that you've never brought it up with, you've never discussed it, you've never heard anything about you mm -hmm. know, how they would feel about mm -hmm. it, I, I it's one of those things where you have to sort of make a judgment call. But I think there are circumstances, for example, I'm sure that 
when I was hospitalized for two and a half weeks a few years ago and was in the ICU and was basically unconscious for, you know, a week and a half, um, I have a feeling there were probably people who prayed for me. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. It may not, they may not have been praying to my God, but I don't have an issue with that. And you know what? I don't know that for a fact, because it's not like after I got better, people came into my hospital room and said, oh, just so you know, I prayed to Jehovah that you would be okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's some things that, you know, you just don't, you, you don't do. You don't talk about that kind of thing. And I think in that instance, if what you're asking for is for, you know, whatever God to look out for this person and to help them get better. I don't see a problem with that unless you specifically know that they would not want you to do that. I mean, I agree. You know, I, I think that there's a difference in lighting a candle and, and sending some good thoughts someone's way, you know, or praying to the gods of your understanding um, for something good to happen for someone. Mm -hmm. And then actively taking it upon yourself to do magic. For someone, and I think that it is that it, I mean, because magic I consider you know it is the act of magic, and 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 you know for us witchy folk we we believe that magic does something, that it's more than just petitioning the universe or petitioning, uh, you know, a, a an unseen entity uh, to do something. It's you are the one doing it, and that there is something being done. Now, what that something is is left up to a different kind of conversation and a different. Uh, time but you know us witchy folk believe that us doing magic is doing something and it's doing something pretty substantial mm -hmm. and it is like you know it, it's the difference in you saying that you need somebody to clean your house and me saying well you know um here is the website yellowpages.com and and you can you can find some maid services and me coming over and just and cleaning the damn house for you Right. And, and I think that that's the difference between here, let me pray, and maybe somebody else can help you get that done, and mm -hmm. let me do it myself. Right. And, I would agree with that. And I think that there is a pretty substantial difference between the two. And, and that's why I think that doing spell work for someone else, especially if they don't know, because like we said, and, and you know, I've talked about it, you've talked about it, we've talked about it, I do firmly believe that there is a psychological component to magic, and it's a pretty big component to magic. And, and there is a belief, you know, that there is kind of a requirement of belief somewhere in there, that there is, that for it to be effective, um, the most effective, there's got to be some belief in it. You, you have to have wanted it to have happened. And... I don't I think that you're taking that component away if you don't give them the opportunity to believe in it. Yeah. And, you know, and if a component, you know, if if you have to have X plus Y plus Z to get, you know, a result, and if you take X out, are are you even gonna be able to do the magic? You'd end up with A minus X. <laughs> there you go. And 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 that's not... and that, ladies and gentlemen, is your algebra lesson for today. Amen. <laughs> then you have to find out what X is. Solve for X. Um, but no, I, I think that you are taking something away from the ability to do magic 
if you take away somebody's permission mm-hmm. and somebody else, you know, and their involvement, really. I mean, you know, I, I have been asked to do magic and I can do the magic all day long, but honestly, I, I would rather have that person at least involved in it or, or yeah. give something to somebody and say, okay, do this this way. I'll be, mm-hmm. I can be there to help you, but you need to be the one doing it. Yeah. God, we agreed on everything we've talked about today. Not everything. Well, we agreed that I was a perfect person, and we agreed that my Book of Shadows was the best way to do it. So I think we've uh, agreed on everything. Absolutely everything. (laughs) You know, they can't hear you're looking at me. Yes, they can. (laughs) Have you, have you read any good books recently, Velma? Uh, I am reading a very interesting book right now called Sigil Magic. Oh. Um, What's that it about? Ha- it happened. <laughs> I will give you three guesses. Um, no, it's actually right here. Practical Sigil Magic. Okay. And I'm actually reading it for um, my, my circle, my coven. We've changed up how we're doing things a little bit. So basically, we're each studying our own thing, and then we're. Are you involved it's like, in sigils? I, I, I well, I am studying sigils, and I'm going to be sharing what I have learned with my coven mates. So, and I'm actually I'm really enjoying it. Um, the first chapter is a little, eh, because it's it's all. I mean, it's interesting, but it's all about Austin Osmond Spare, which is interesting, but it's an article that the author of the book had written years ago about Austin Osmond Spare and, and his um, way of doing sigils. So it's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit scholastic. It's a little bit scholarly reading the first chapter, but then the it sort of calms down. Book fair. Do you remember the scholastic <laughs> book fairs? It's a little, it's a little scholarly um, the first chapter, but then it, it sort of changes tone a little bit and there's different, methods of making sigils that are discussed and i'm i'm finding it very interesting and a lot of it i knew already um but i still find it interesting to sort of get a little refresher and maybe get a little more in-depth information on you know how these systems were created and how they have been used in the past because anybody can flip to the back of you know a scott cunningham book and see the the symbols that he has written out there some of those i was always like what in the world does that mean where do you get in that and you know upon further study i I realized where some of that came from but that's the thing see and that's the thing uninformed magic i have i i sometimes i wonder about the efficacy of uninformed magic if you have no idea what this symbol you know how it comes about and why it is the way it is i think it can create some confusion for when you're looking in the back of the book and you when you're looking for love symbols and you don't see a heart you see these you know two uh you know two halves of a circle that are doing something you know like that which i know that nobody can hear but you know that's in the back of a scott cunningham book and that's the symbol for love and it's like that's that's not that's not that that's well okay to me if you think about it though it does kind of make sense because it's the two half circles that sort of meet in the middle and then divulge again so it's like the two circles have come together to create the oblong space in the middle. I mean, if you think about it, yes. And the whole uninformed 
magic thing will will trigger a massive debate between the two of us and probably end badly. So we're not going to get into that. But I do find it interesting that, to that should learn. be the topic next time. We haven't no. had an all out brawl in a while. No, I'm not going to get into that discussion with you because both of us will end up bleeding and in tears and it will not be pretty. I'll bring um, Kika. She will protect me from you. I am not afraid of your little dog. <laughs> At all. Come on, say say the line. Say it. You know, you want to say it. No. And your little dog, too. Yeah. Um, but no, I do think it's interesting to, you know, get a different approach and, you know, a little more information about something that I'm already relatively familiar with. I, I'm enjoying reading it. And I'm actually taking notes. Whoa. Yeah, I know. I'm reading it and I'm taking notes and then I'm going to, because there's like six or seven, there's six or seven different methods of creating sigils listed. And so since I'm, you know, responsible for basically teaching my coven how to do this, you know, the different methods and things I'm going to type up, or write up. I haven't decided yet because I'll have to draw pictures for part of it. So yeah, I don't know. But anyway, I'll figure that out um, so that I can, you know, give them handouts on well, how I, to create sigils. I read the book for my book club, but then I, I needed some. So I read all the Juliet Blackwell witchcraft mysteries, which were fun. Um, but I did get, I got a couple of books on your record. Well, one on your recommendation, one on the. Rec- have you read? Sorry, it's a tangent. Have you read any of the Shirley Damsgard books? No. Is that? Who is that? What's the Abby and Ophelia? No. They're really good. I think I think that's Abby and Ophelia, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. They're really I good. Who are the you Shirley asking? Dance Guard books. There's it's a set of seven. Is there There's, a third person really here that you're asking the question? I don't know who you're speaking to. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know. So why would you be asking me if, if And you're the only person listening to me speak? Well, yes. At this per at, at this particular moment, yes. Unless you've got, you know... Well, maybe I was talking to the people who are listening to what we haven't said yet. Your little you demon ever think gnome. of that? Your, your little demon familiar back in there that speaks to you. Familiar. Well, I'm sorry. I just read the Juliet Blackwell books and she's got a little goblin familiar thing. And you assume that I am just like the person in the Juliet Blackwell books. Yes, I do. Aren't well, you a witch? Don't you have all those crazy things? Aren't we all the same? Don't we do everything Don't exactly the same Don't you do everything way? the same? Of course, because otherwise we couldn't be witches unless we're all identical. Please so move on. I got the Kate West, The Real Witches Year. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. See, I told you you'd like it's that. It's a fun little size. It's it's a page a day. And it's mm-hmm. a small, it's a short page a day. So um, I almost said writers. Witches? Witches. Re- uh, get that book. I got it at Half Price Books for $9. Um, super cheap. Uh, but it was it was super cute and and it's it's blue and it looks witchy and it's something that you can keep in your purse or your shoulder bag or briefcase. Yeah, it's like, like a paragraph that. a day, and yeah. it's little bits of lore or bits of you know lore, information. Ideas for spells, you yeah, know. it's very it's very cute. There's several books that are formatted trivia, like that. Meditations, good thoughts mm-hmm. for the day. It's 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 a fun. You know, and honestly, that's the kind of that's the kind of book that you could easily see taking something every day, and you know, reading up on it and that, and that little kind of book could become somebody's book of shadows. I mean, that's, that's where eventually in my head, I kind of want to get to. And the idea of a book of shadows is, you know, lots of random bits of lore and of, of good ideas mm-hmm. for spells and things like that. And that's, you know, it's sort of a micro book of shadows kind of thing. Um, but then I did also pick up on the recommendation of Signe Pike and like every other witch on the interwebs, the, the book of English magic. By I Philip love Cargom. that book. Have you read it yet? 
I have not read the whole thing. I've started it. And what's what's really interesting to me is that that book came out like shortly after I had gone to England. And I'm so excited to go back to England. Well, because it's there is so much in popularity like, in the last few years. I think it's just like, well, now like, really getting discovered. Well, like if you open up that book, like the first picture on chapter one is the front of Treadwell's bookstore. And I went there, but I didn't know its history. I didn't know its significance until I read this book and went, oh my gosh, yes, I've been there. I've been there. It's really cute. And I had to wait for them to open because their person didn't show up when the store was supposed to be open. So I stood outside for like half an hour waiting for them to open their store. But anyway, um, oh, I'm really magic excited bookstore? to go back. And it's a, see it's a magic bookstore? It's an occult bookshop. Oh, yeah, and they talk a little bit about, you know, the, like the history. But it's like, okay, so this is one of the places where like Aleister Crowley used to hang out. You know, I would have liked to have known that when I was there. So I'm very excited to go you back. Know, they should, you, you, you would be the person. You should publish witchy travel guides. I should. I totally should. Well, should and I'm because they ready, don't exist. Well, and I'm getting, they see, and you used to be able to get a lot of information on shops and stuff on Witchfox. And Witchfox has just sort of fallen apart. So, yeah. But I'm actually, in a couple of weeks, I'm going on a road trip to California. To and one of the big things that, that I'm doing... No, I'm not Chicago? going to Chicago. Um, one of the big things I'm doing is pretty much every city that I go to, there's at least one witchy shop that I want to stop at and see. shop hopping. I actually use that yep. phrase, on a re I think, on a show or a book or, or, or blog or something. Yep, metaphysical shop hopping. I'm going to do it all over the... All over California. I'm excited. But no, so yeah, the, the, the book of English magic, everybody raves about it, and it's just supposed to be amazing. And, you know, some of the little blurbs about it, um, the Sunday Telegraph, I loved saying, playful and serious, respectful and amused. This will remain the standard work for years to come. A lot of people compare it to Drawing Down the Moon by mm -hmm. uh, Margot Adler, um, and just sort of saying it is, it's one of those well-researched definitive books on although the what subject. i have read of it is way more entertaining a read than drawing down the moon because drawing that, that down the moon is really like stereo really, instructions like it is, it's almost it's well okay like it's, it's almost more entertaining it's almost more entertaining to watch paint dry it's, than read drawing it, it down is, the moon and i realize that that makes me a bad pagan but it's a really dry book well, what i very quickly realized it is it's not exactly the kind of book personally that I would want to read front to back. No. It's the kind of book that you buy because it's an encyclopedia and you can stick it on your shelf and research things as needed. Well, it's not even really an encyclopedia, though. I mean, at least at least an encyclopedia is organized in some way that makes sense. Well, but you can use... Drawing the Down the Moon is... It, I mean, it's, it's an interesting book. I do recommend that people read it. Everybody should own but it. You also, but you also have to read it. Own it. You also have to consider, though, the time that it was written in. This this faith has evolved so much no, since it never the has. days that it was written. It never has. That a lot of the things that are in the book She's don't really you. hold true anymore. Everything I mean, is it, exactly the same. You know, I did get this in paperback version, which is quite nice. They, I had never seen it. In I have it in version. hardbound. Well, everybody I... has it in hardbound, and I had seen it in hardbound. It's beautiful in it's hardbound. Beautiful. It's a beautiful, and the pages big, are all ripped on the edge, and they're uneven. And, and I had just, seen that when oh the borders. Oh my god! It's the greatest thing ever. I had seen it at borders, like 
two weeks before Borders started going out of business, and then I went back and somebody had obviously bought it as soon as it went on discount. And I thought, you know, I just, because I wasn't as as interested in buying the, because A, in hardback, it was expensive. I mean, it was expensive. It was not exactly a cheap thing. And, but no, I got this for $6. Same exact book, paperback. Same exact book. Yeah, and I would not trade my hardbound copy. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Well, for as much reading into it as I'm probably going to do, the paperback is going to be just fine for me. So, I just I always love hardbound witchy books. I, I love they're hardbound so, witchy books because, as well. Well, but they're so rare. Like it's That's so true. rare that, that you find and, a and witchy the, book. Well, but this is the kind of thing hardbound. that it, um, during Halloween. One of the things that I'm able to do, because, hey, I've already got Halloween decorations. You know, I've got little cauldrons and things to set around. But one of the things that I've taken to do... Ow! <laughs> Just... Way to bash your knee into the desk. That was smooth. Thank you. Oh, man. One of the things that I've taken to doing is taking some of the hardback books and, like, taking the sleeves off and sticking them around as decorations, like in little piles of things. Because, you know, when you the unknowing person looks around and they just see this hardbound book with little gold script of, you know, the encyclopedia of spells and, you know, that kind of thing. It just looks fun. You know, it looks Halloween. It looks witchy. It looks. And if the people, and if the people who run, like, I guess Warner brothers, if Warner brothers knows what they're doing as far as merchandising, they need to be creating blank books with the outside covers of the textbooks from Harry Potter and selling them at Harry Potter World. Because I can guarantee you, I would have an entire set that on the outside look like Harry's textbooks. And on the inside, I would have all sorts of little magical stuff. So like I'm when telling they, you. So when they have, you know, the the book of magical creatures or whatever that one's called. Or the, the, the monster book of monsters. Monster book of monsters. Monster book of monsters. So if they had the monster book of monsters, you would probably fill it up with like lore about you know, fairies and sprites. And Maybe, although I've, I have seen... See, that's what I would do if I, see, if that were something that advanced, I was like, doing. Okay, yes, you know, if they they're, had, they're, like, the, advanced... The herbalism textbooks, I would put stuff about herbs in there. Exactly, and if they had advanced potion making, I would put recipes and stuff in it. I mean, that, to me, hello, merchandising, that would be what I would do. But see, I bet, I bet if they had those textbooks out, even if they were printed, you could buy them. And that, you know take out the actual pages and then you can have that and then what, ins- stick them in a three ring binder no 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 i want it just if it doesn't actually have any text in it no and I then insert a blank, a blank a blank set of pages a blank journal or something like that into it and then you know bind that and and then you have your book i see it do that people do that stuff all the time on like etsy you know they'll take classic books and then turn them into journals you really need to get out more <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to get out, as in sit at home on my computer more and look at Etsy. Thanks. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <clears throat> I that, don't think that constitutes getting out. That is my advice to you. It is mm, treasure. And I will take that with the same reverence as every other bit of advice to me you've ever given me. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we got to have this chat. You're yes. a doll. Mwah. Speaking of advice. Good, it has been good talking to you, though, because we haven't really talked no, we haven't. Speaking of advice, though, Dorothy Morrison, Utterly Wicked, page 140. That's all I'm saying. You know what? Well, you don't, if you don't know what it is, look it up. I'm going to right now. Okay. 
I've got it. Okay. Utterly wicked. See this, this. And actually, and actually the title for what's on page 140 is actually at the bottom of page 139. But what's on one page, page 139 was not what I was referencing. So it's actually page 140. Let's see. Oh, see, this is the kind of book that should have been hardbound. Yes. In a creepy oh, black God, yes. cover. No, no, no. In red. Dark red leather. Oh, see, I was thinking black leather with like the, the dark scarlet red lettering. Yeah, see, I would do it the other way. Oh. I would do dark red leather with with black. You know, you, you are good friends with Dorothy Morrison. Why don't you ask her to do a special edition? I should, right? You should. You should. Just call her up. Get out of my life, Hex. Oh, hell. Okay. Well. Yikey do. Oh, it's got patchouli in it. Yeah, I'm the one who doesn't like patchouli, not you. Graveyard dirt. I've got some graveyards around here. See? Ooh, cigarette carton. Well, you could actually substitute like a Kleenex box or something. You really oh. just need a, a small Any cardboard box, box. Large enough to fit the poppet. See? Prepared poppet. Yes. Black electrical tape. Mm -hmm. Can't you use a Barbie doll? Yeah, you can. Barbie doll in a shoebox. Although, as she told us when she came here and did a class on Utterly Wicked, which of course I went to, um, <laughs> actual Barbie dolls have have mostly solid construction. Oh, so you want if the you, cheap, the cheap. You want the cheap ones the that cheap have that are the, like from just, the general store. Exactly, because those have space inside all the body cavities that you can put stuff in. No, oh, we definitely want to put stuff in them. Yeah. And I will say, if you start ripping all of the hair off of a Barbie doll with pliers, eventually her head will implode. I'm <laughs> just, just saying. Do I want to ask how you know that? No, you don't. <laughs> but that, it, that's, yeah, that's what happens. Eventually, uh, they'll get a big gash across the back of their head, and the rest of their hair will just sort of fall out. Oh, that's lovely. That's a great visual. Thank you. Although, that would make it easier to stick stuff in their head. <laughs> Have you read the book? That's yes, part of it. I have. I just love I I love quotes out of context. That would make things so much better to stick in their head. It was just, just lovely. Witches, thank you for sticking with us for this. I take it you didn't have anything else to talk about. Amount of time. Well, we did an, it's an hour and a half. Well, I know, but I thought you might have another topic since I'm so unprepared. God no. Uh. I was doing good. I only had one thing written down, and we managed to squeeze three topics out of that. So, oh, okay. You okay. know, I think we're doing okay. Okay. Um, which is, if you would like to ask us more questions for us to be, to to muse, to muse over, to, <laughs> to ponder, <laughs> to to masticate, um, you may email incitingabruhaha at gmail dot com. Mm -hmm. Or you may tweet us individually since we do not tweet together. My no. Twitter, God, I am. No, that would be awful. Yeah, no. I am at Witches Brouhaha. And I would be twitter.com slash inciting a riot. That is at inciting a riot because I am so all about the riot here on the Wiggly and Way. <laughs> Where did that come I from? I don't know. All about the love. I'm sorry. I think Mojo is possessing me right now. He's he's writing me. It's 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 a thing. <laughs> okay, talk about quotes out of context. I think on that note, we need to call it a show. <laughs> on the on the idea that Mojo is writing me. Yeah, let's not go there again. Are you sure? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm time. positive. No, I, I think that twice was too, too many times. I think I think we can move on now. <laughs> I think my yeah. face is turning beet red. Yes, it is. Yes, your face is turning red and your eyes are watering. Yes, I think now it is officially time to end the show. Oh. So until next time, have a wonderful however long it is before we do Gosh, another show. Been, we, did we... Did we have a show around the time of Ostara? Did do we need to wish people happy Ostara? We need to wish people happy Beltane. Beltane, yes, but I don't. I honestly don't remember. I think, it's been a really long I think time. We've time. I know we wished you a happy Ostara. So happy Beltane, happy Supermoon. Um, yep. Speaking of see, things that sound like Supermoon, Supermoot. Yes, Supermoot is coming. Supermoot is coming in October in California. Yes. yes. Somewhere in California. <laughs> San Francisco area. San Francisco Bay area. Yes. Don't know exactly where we're going to have our meet and greet yet. I'm working on it. The first (laughs) weekend in October, which is the 7th, the weekend of the 7th. Yes, it is. I promise. I thought it was like the 4th, 5th, and 6th. 5th, 6th, and 7th. Or 6th, 7th, and 8th. 5th, 6th, and 7th. Okay. So the 7th is Sunday and it's all over by then. So it would be the 6th. Saturday. Hold on. Let me here. I've got a calendar on yeah, my me, computer here. Me too. Well, why don't you let um, me fifth, sixth, and seventh. So yes, the meet and greet will be Saturday the sixth of October. What? That means I was right. Oh my god. Weekend of the seventh does not count because the seventh is Sunday and the weekend is over then. So no, it's the sixth. Well, the 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 fifth, sixth, and seventh of of October. The meet and greet will be on the 6th, and we will let you know where it's going to be as soon as I figure that out. Yes. So mark your calendars and be in San Francisco somewhere. Yes. So that you can just Johnny on the spot, head up to wherever we tell you to be. Yes. Um, anything else? Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, later, witches. Bye!